0: We'll let the Mason Smith takeover officially begin. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. But just a reminder, that you can also find us on YouTube as well. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host, as I am every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton1. You can follow along the podcast for updates, however you listen, wherever you listen, whenever you listen, however you interact with the podcast like, comment, subscribe, rate, review all that great stuff. Just appreciate you for being here and always appreciate you for making Lock in LSU your first listen every single day. But let's get into it because we got some really good and encouraging news late last week and over the week weekend when Mason Smith took to Instagram and posted with the caption, the takeover begins all caps fully cleared, which is great news, wonderful news for a few different reasons. One, first and foremost, it's Mason Smith. I mean, I think that we were all intrigued and excited and encouraged about what Mason Smith could have been this past season Of course, in 2021, his freshman season, he showed glimpses of what he could be and then add another offseason in the weight room, putting on weight understanding the expectations of being an LSU football player, even though it transcended two different coaching staffs, it's still, I think everyone was poised and ready for a Mason Smith breakout season that we were honestly robbed of. Tore his ACL in the first defensive series against Florida State in the celebration. And what could have been with Mason Smith this past season now remains a mystery. But at least we can continue to be encouraged and excited about what this season can be. So he encouraged about that, of the potential of Mason Smith, of how prepped and ready we all were for Mason Smith to take this, to take, you know, college football by a storm, to be one of the best defensive players in college football this past season. Now, of course, you had a couple silver linings. You know, I don't think that we would have seen Makai Wingo break out as much if his his role wasn't, you know, almost from the jump, Hadn't grown exponentially. When Mason Smith went down, Makai Wingo was really the next man up, and he embraced that role wholeheartedly. He was solid on the field. He was a leader off the field. He really was a very pleasant surprise, I think, to myself, but probably to you too. We didn't know what Makai Wingo could be, a newcomer in his second season in college football, transferring from Missouri. He was a transfer guy that really made a name for himself. So now... So we we got that from Makai Wingo this past season. We got this, you know, this wonderful surprise, this wonderful silver lining of this dark cloud that loomed over this organization when Mason Smith tore his ACL and was out for the season. But, you know, he really was the silver lining. So now going into this season, not only is Mason Smith coming back, uh, you know, even a hungrier and even more ready than he was this past season. I have to guess. I mean, if I'm him and I was prepped and ready for a breakout season and I had to sit the bench for the past year, I mean, I am that much more hungry and that much more ready to prove what I can do. But you then pair that with Makai Wingo who's coming in in his second year at LSU, his third year in college football. He established himself as a leader. He established himself as a playmaker this past season. So you marry the two of them and you can think, well, I, I don't, I mean, this could be one of the best defensive lines in the country. I mean, I was looking at on threes rankings and this was put out earlier this month in, in May. And they had LSU's defensive line ranked as the sixth best in the country, citing the combination of Mason Smith and Makai Wingo and bringing in Ovi Agufo and Deshaun Womack coming in in this recruiting class. So we've got a bunch of pieces coming together, both known commodities in Makai Wingo, and I would consider Mason Smith still a known commodity, but what he can really be this season remains to be seen, but I think we're all encouraged. And then you mix that with some unknown commodities, Parishan coming in from Arizona, Ovia Gufo coming in from Texas and from Notre Dame, although they may have been more known commodities in the schools that they came from at LSU and what they are in this defense. Those are all yet to be proven. So the intrigue and the mystery and the upside is all really encouraging. And I don't think that you bring back a Mason Smith and get worse. I think that he is very widely regarded as one of the top defensive linemen in the country, as one of the top defensive players in the country. He's just going to go out there and prove it. He's going to go out there and show it after being sidelined with an injury this past season. But one thing that I do want to remind everyone of, there's still a chance that Mason Smith might come back and he's not a hundred percent. That's, you know, the, the dark cloud of this this conversation of this portion of Mason Smith is just because you get medically cleared does not mean that you were the player that you were the day that you tore your ACL. Does it mean that you're the player that you were the season before? And that's the unfortunate reality about a lot of this. That's not saying that he's not going to be that player. I mean, heck, for all I know, Mason Smith could come back better for all I know. Mason Smith could come back without missing a beat. But it's also a reality that when players tear their ACLs, it takes more than just being medically cleared. It takes time to get in, to get back to that strength that you had. It takes time mentally to come back and get reacclimated to the to the workload that this sport requires. It takes some time for your knee to not just be medically cleared, but to be 100%. So I don't think that it's a fair expectation to say that Mason Smith is now going to go out there and fall camp and be a, an absolute bruiser and be the exact same player that he was before he tore his ACL. It might take some time. It might not. I mean, Mason Smith could go out there and absolutely you know, prove me wrong and all of our jaws will be on the floor. He might come back and be exactly as he was advertised. I just don't know. And that's the the disclaimer that I would like to put on all of this is don't expect him from the very beginning to be exactly what we remembered him to be. It takes time. But all of that to say, the other thing that I'm encouraged about is this is early. Usually I would say it takes about 10, 11, 12 months, more so a year I would say blanket statement. If you said, you know, how long does it take to recover from an ACL? I would say usually more often than not on average, it's a year. Well, Mason Smith is coming in at about the nine month mark. That's really good news. And that's very encouraging to me because now he can make that work and and put in the work that it takes to get back to 100%. And it's early enough that he can go throughout that process And it makes me a little bit more encouraged that it is this early, that he can get back to 100% by September because he has that time. He's now medically cleared, so he can be in the weight room. He can go out there and practice. He can go through conditioning. We already saw him in spring practice, kind of going through some drills with pads on, but now it is full go. Now it is green light ahead. As long as he feels okay, then he is good to go. He is ready to rock. So that makes me encouraged. It's not, you know, July where he's got a whole lot of work to do and a whole lot of, you know, weight room work and a whole lot of conditioning to do in order to get back and ready in 100% by September. He's got four months, four months about, give or take, until first kick. That's more encouraging than one month or two months. It's the work that he can put in. He can continue to push himself further and further and further, and he has that time to be able to do it. So Mason Smith, fully medically cleared. He is a go, and I'm so encouraged and excited about what this defensive line, anchored by him and anchored by Makai Wingo, can develop into. I think it's going to be fun. Coming up next, another new element to the defense that LSU has added in, not expecting to bring the same impact as Mason Smith, but he brings one of the most important things that Brian Kelly mentioned at one of his his press conferences during spring practice. The one thing that he fears could get in the way of this team and a national championship is what this player brings. And we'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. So if you're like me and you're wanting to eat a little bit healthier, but you love your snacks and you don't want to eat all the sugar and calories, then Built Bar is the perfect thing for you. They are the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars and Built Puffs are healthy and they taste amazing. I mean, seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't even think that they're good for you. So you've got to try them. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So they taste delicious and they come in amazing dessert-like flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. And I'm not really sure how they do it, how they make these bars taste like a candy bar. They taste like a dessert, taste like you're cheating on your diet, but they also maintain amazing macros only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. These will keep you full for hours. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com, which of course you can still do, but now you can also get them at your local Walmart. So head into Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you're closer to a Sam's club, Head into Sam's Club as well. Run and grab a 13-bar box, the bulk boxes, with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. So delicious, good for you. You can thank me later. Well, thanks again for making Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And, hey, everydayers on the podcast tomorrow, we'll have a full Hoover preview some end-of-season awards, some accolades for some LSU Tigers, and what this trip to Hoover could potentially look like for LSU. All of that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU. But Mason Smith is coming back, and that is not the only piece. That is adding to this defense in 2023 because LSU also landed another transfer over the weekend. And that is Andre Sam, who has officially committed to LSU. Now, he is a five-year college football veteran from Iowa, Louisiana. So, a Louisiana local kid. He spent his first four years at McNeese in this past Season he transferred to Marshall, so he is coming in with five full years of college football experience under his belt. Coming to his sixth year at LSU, don't ask me to calculate how many years of eligibility he has remaining. If I had to guess, it would probably be just one. But again, like so many times I've said before, I don't know why it's the most difficult thing in the world to me to calculate that. I'm gonna say this is probably his last year of eligibility. Don't quote me on that. I don't know that, but five years is a whole lot of time to spend in college football. But I guess that sixth year, the sixth year is the last one. But again. Don't quote me on that, but he had a standout year in 2022, this past season with the Thundering Herd at Marshall had 53 tackles. 32 of those are solo tackles, seven pass breaks up breakups and an interception. It was far and beyond his best year in college football. Also where he faced some of his stiffest competition. Let's go back to that Marshall Notre Dame game. Marshall upsetting Notre Dame is a huge game, but also Andre Sam found a good bit of success in his fourth and final year at McNeese. Remember, McNeese came to Tiger Stadium. LSU hosted McNeese that year. That was his best game of the season in 2021. But on the season as a whole, Andre Sam led the Cowboys with 52 tackles and three interceptions. He earned first team all Southland Conference honors in that season. So Andre Sam is bringing in a whole lot of experience, obviously, with five years of experience under his belt. And also a whole lot of versatility. He's listed as a safety, but he can, he's just defensive back. You know, he can play safety, he can play corner two if needed. So it's that versatility that I think is really important when bringing in guys in the transfer portal because you're not bringing in guys, like Brian Kelly said, in this spring transfer portal period to be your go to starting guys. If they develop into that, if they turn into that, then wonderful, amazing. You just found a go to guy, a starter. In the spring transfer portal period. But really, what these guys that come in in the spring, per Brian Kelly, what they're looking for was depth. And to have depth and versatility in those pieces, especially in an LSU secondary that needs depth, that needs versatility, that needs guys that can play safety, that can play corner, I think this is such a key and important uh, addition to this defense and to this secondary. Especially because we've been preaching for weeks, for months, it feels like, ever since the beginning of spring practice, that LSU needs depth at safety. Greg Brooks... Uh, is out with it, wasn't out with an injury. Major Burns also missed a majority of spring practice with an injury. We expect them both to come back and make a full recovery and be consistent starters and contributors for this football team. But I'm not going to put all of my eggs in an injured basket. Hope is not a strategy. So that's exactly what Andre Sam brings, is a little bit more insurance to a safety room that's been undergoing some injuries, that's been dealing with some injuries, that's been dealing with some depth problems, looking at Javian Toviano and some of the true freshmen that were filling into those safety roles. That's fine to do in spring camp. That's actually pretty good to do in spring practice because you get those younger guys some reps. You're able to see what you have in some of those younger players. However, you don't want to be faced with that in October. You know, when you're on the road at Bryant Denny, you don't want to have to, you know, hand over the keys to Javian Toviano and say, hey, kiddo, Good luck out there, bud, because you're all that we've got. And maybe at that point, J.V. Toviano totally is ready for that responsibility, is totally ready to be that go-to guy in the secondary, but you guys know what I mean. That it's nice to have some experience and some seniority in that room. So that way, if you're experience and seniority continues to get injured or gets injured at some point in the season well you've got another piece that you can turn to that you can look to and that's the same thing that goes to the cornerback position. LSU picked up a bunch of really solid pieces in the transfer portal in the last transfer portal period, uh, in in the wintertime in December and January, picked up Denver Harris, picked up Deuce chestnut, picked up Zyle Alexander from Southeastern, but you can truly never have enough corners, especially when basically essentially your entire cornerback room is made up of transfers as it is made up of unproven commodities, at least within this football team, at least within you know, they've been bat rouge. So I think that Andre Sam, I don't think he's going to come in and be your starting corner or be your, your number one safety. I don't. However, he doesn't need to be that. He doesn't need to be your number one corner. He doesn't need to be your number one safety. What he needs to be able to do is help this football team if and when need be. And based off of his resume, That's exactly what he brings to the table. And also, the cherry on top, he's a Louisiana kid. What's Brian Kelly's number one priority? Keep talent in state and get in state talent back in state. And that's exactly what they did with Andre Sam, the corner, the safety, the defensive back, whatever you want to call him. I'll call him a defensive back. I'm going to flaunt his versatility. The defensive back from Marshall and from McNeese State um, coming in to LSU, helping out the secondary in the 2023 season whole lot of action on the diamond over this weekend what we learned about what really was concerning me this past weekend do I feel any better we'll get into that coming up next some LSU baseball uh, talk coming up next But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Y'all know that I love FanDuel because it is so easy and it is so stinking fun to use. So make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What I'm looking at on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, I mean, Jimmy Butler, Himmy Butler, as I like to call him, and the Miami Heat just seem unstoppable. I think at this point, it's pretty darn near close to impossible that the Boston Celtics are going to make a comeback in this series. So I would say it's a very, very, very safe bet that the Miami Heat are going to punch their ticket to the NBA finals. Also, if you're looking at the other side, the Western Conference finals, I think that The Joker, Nicole Jokic, is playing like the best player in the NBA right now. So I'd also put some money on the Nuggets. But, hey, those are just my takes. You can also look at some of the promotions going on at FanDuel. They have promotions every single day. So there is no better place to bet all the action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, LSU baseball closed out the regular season with a series win over Georgia. And it did not come without just a little bit of drama. I mean, I don't know about y'all. I know I was sweating on Thursday night when it went to 12 innings. My goodness. It should be illegal for everyone's health, mental and emotional and physical health. Um, but the that, that LSU went into, uh, into that series against Georgia and did what they needed to do. Now, That also comes with the caveat of all LSU needed to do was get a win on Sunday, and that would have been an SEC regular season title. Um, LSU dropped that game, and I say Sunday, I mean Saturday. It was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. They needed to beat Georgia on Saturdays, so to sweep Georgia entirely in order to win the SEC regular season because Vanderbilt and Arkansas, they took care of the rest of the business for LSU to be able to punch their ticket to a regular season championship. Um, they ultimately fell to Georgia on Saturday, 9-5, to five, but they got the series win. And before we get into some specifics, some of my thoughts about the series, here's my take about the regular season. Would it have been cool? Totally. Would I have bragged about it? 100 P. It's not a big deal. It's really not. I'm not, you know, shaking in my boots or riding home, you know, swiping my tears away that LSU didn't win the regular season title in the SEC because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. What matters is postseason championships. Regular season championships, really, all it is is a is a pat on the back, is a big old thumbs up, is a great job. You were the best team in the regular season. Dare I say you were the best team when it didn't really matter? I want a postseason championship. <laughs> I mean, even an SEC tournament championship would be great. But that's not what I care about. That's not what I prioritize the most. In right field, there's not a billboard with all of the regular season championships. No, there is a billboard with every single year that LSU has won the College World Series. So while it's great and all, and while it would have been fun and all to talk about LSU's regular season title, I'm really not that concerned about not winning that. I'm worried about more important things. I'm worried about Hoover. I'm worried about a regional. I'm worried about a super regional. I'm worried about Omaha. And that's no disrespect to Arkansas and Florida, the SEC regular season co-champions. But I don't really care. I'm going to live. And I think that you should live too. If you're upset about it, I understand it. You're justified in your feelings. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. But I am going to tell you it's going to be okay. There's more important things coming down the horizon. But I will say this. If you watch the podcast or listen to the podcast this past week on Monday, I gave my feelings about the Mississippi state series loss. And of course, if you're going to go back and find that my mini itty bitty breakdown, you can find that on your preferred podcast platform and on YouTube as well. Um, But I feel a whole lot better about this team. It may be a whole lot better is a little bit of a stretch. I do feel better about this team today than I did this past Monday. I feel better about this bullpen today than I did on Monday because against Mississippi State, it was a meltdown of epic proportion in that game three on Sunday. It was pitching that was so horrendous that you had a nine-run lead in the fifth inning and you lost. That was a massive red flag. And I said, I'm not hitting the panic button quite yet. I'm not going full-on, you know, freak out, running around in the streets, you know, screaming bloody murder because this team's it you know, was, you know, was, was done for. Because I didn't think that we were quite there yet. I said, show me what you can do against Georgia. Show me that you can bounce back against Georgia. If I couldn't do that, then maybe my hand's getting a whole lot closer to the panic button. But I'm not hitting the panic button. Because I think that what we saw from Thatcher Heard on Thursday night when he pitched in relief of Paul Skeen's, made me feel just a little bit better that, hey, we're getting into the times that it matters most. And even when things get difficult, even when things are in a really high-pressure situation, there are guys that, are, that come out of the bullpen that can close for you in close games. Because before this weekend, I thought, it's really Paul Skeens and sort of, uh, and sort of typhoid, and that's really it. And I also have – I owe Jay Johnson an apology because after Thatcher Hurd gave up those two solo home runs and Jay Johnson didn't pull him, I thought this is a massive mistake. I said, they're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game, and this team cannot afford to lose games in which Paul Skeen starts. Your bullpen is not deep enough. Your pitching, frankly, outside of Paul Skeen's, is not good enough for you to be losing games that Paul Skeen starts. So I thought, okay, well, great. Well, you know, this is just Jay Johnson waving the white flag. Thatcher Hurt does not look confident out there. He's already given up two runs. What else is he going to give up? This is going to be a long night. I disagreed with the decision to keep Thatcher Hurt out there. But there's a reason why he has his job and I do not have his job. And it's because he made the right decision. And I know I I, I usually don't like second-guessing coaches' decisions. That just because it worked, it was the right decision. For example, like let's go to the Alabama game. Even if LSU hadn't converted in that two point conversion in um, in overtime, I still would have said that Brian Kelly made the right decision because I felt that if that game went to double overtime, then Alabama would have won it. So I even if it even if LSU lost that game, even if they didn't convert, I still would have said that was the right decision because I don't like to second guess things. I'm, I'm going to give Jay Johnson a lot more credit here because it did work. And who am I to say, well, you should have taken him out anyway when it did work. And it seemed like Thatcher Hurd really got his groove back. That Thatcher Hurd, in a really tight and uncomfortable situation, when you're getting into extra innings, was able to stay calm and pitch his way out of it. That he just needed to work his way through it. And that he was able to give up those two home runs and still stay stay settled enough, calm himself down enough to be able to close out the game. And also, Jay Johnson didn't blow and burn another arm in the process. So it really was the right decision. And seeing that performance on Thursday night, and Paul Skeens had a fine night. You know, Paul Skeens continues to do Paul Skeens things, and I never want that to fly under the radar. But seeing that from Thatcher Hurd, it at least reminds me, okay, it's there. The ability is there. We know that you can do it. Now, let's see more and more pitchers start to stitch better and better weekends and series together. Because after Mississippi State, I thought, there is no go-to guy out of the bullpen. I'm not ready to elect Thatcher Hurd that guy, but I at least feel a little bit more encouraged. That he came in in a tough and uncomfortable situation, made worse by himself, And then made much, 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 much infinitely better by himself as well. So I was at least encouraged. I'm not keeping my hand off of the panic button, but I'm lifting it up a little bit more. I can breathe a little bit better. But now we're getting into the stuff that really matters. We're getting into postseason baseball. They're in Hoover. Hoover action starts uh, Tuesday morning. So tomorrow morning, LSU does not play until Wednesday. LSU will play the winner of the South Carolina-Georgia game. So say go dogs to that. Hopefully, fingers crossed, because South Carolina has been cooking the last few weeks. So we'll have more of a Hoover breakdown on tomorrow's podcast. But now is when things matter. Now is when you can start to see some postseason shenanigans coming out from this team. And can they step up when the pressure is even higher? Can they step up when it really starts to matter most? We'll get into that on tomorrow's podcast. But thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Hoover Talk plus so much more on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU.